0: Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, howdy, hi. Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast. My name is Pete, and with me, well, with me is my cat Obi. Because I am on the couch, alone, and again, podcasting alone. It's okay. Mike and Andy are busy tonight, so I decided to do an impromptu podcast and talk about a couple things that have been going on. But getting through the week, we'll make it, and uh, everything will be good once Game of Thrones is over, for sure, because... Man, that show is stressing me out. A lot of stuff going on with that. I can touch on that a little bit. And we will talk about that a lot on Sunday as we will watch the last episode of Game of Thrones. And we will go through uh, pretty much what what this season has been. So, secondly on my list of things to talk about, we occasionally do a giveaway on Questionable to Return. And we started to do one that involved you telling us your favorite game day ritual. We didn't have much response on that. We have redone that topic. And now, coming soon, we have a new giveaway. Again, for that Giannis Funko Pop sitting on my desk, still in the package, in the box. I will share that photo more and more and more. In the coming weeks on on Facebook and Twitter, but we have a new giveaway, a new kind of question we want to know. So we are pretty lucky in Wisconsin having three pro sports teams that really have been dominating. Well, last couple, well, last couple years at least with the Brewers and Bucks. Packers have been good for. Who knows how long, Uh, granted, last couple years haven't been great for them, but they all have superstars on their team. We all have MVPs in our mind of what Wisconsin player is the best in Wisconsin. So we want to know who is the Wisconsin Pro Sports MVP. Uh, You get to vote once on questionbletoreturn.com slash giveaway. One lucky winner will take away that Giannis Funko Pop. All you need to do is click Giannis click Kristen Yelich, or click Aaron Rodgers. Or there's a fourth one, and that's you can pick your own. So I'm going to open this up pretty wide. You can really pick any Wisconsin athlete that you think in their tenure, let's say, in Wisconsin was the best. Um, Granted, we'd love to keep it to those big three, but if you have someone that you think is been way better than those guys um then let us know and we would like to know why you picked your respective answer too so just give us a little little couple sentences and and that would be very appreciative and one lucky winner it'll be picked randomly of course you get to vote once and vote 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 um share it out for us that would be very appreciative a 2 Let's get as many people in this as possible because uh, we really want to know. I just kind of want to touch on the Brewers a little bit here. They In the last seven days, they've played against the Cubs and Phillies in two series. They wrapped up the Phillies series uh, as I speak right now. They ended up taking three out of four in that, which is pretty tough to do on the road at pretty impressive how they won. They won six to one, five to two, and eleven to three in those last three. That three-game stretch there. Uh, they did kind of blunder away the the first game against the Phillies, but that's okay. You take three out of four away from home. That's pretty pretty solid. They did take on the Cubs. Hated hated the Cubs. It was kind of they they dominated that first game. They won seven to nothing. I th- think that's the game Gio pitched, but I could be totally wrong. But They took that first game against the Cubs, and then they lost the next two. They had a long, long game. So pretty tough games to win, and then pretty tough games to recover from, for sure, especially on the road. So not as bad. They did lose three in a row after winning seven in a row, but now hopefully they can get back on another streak as they continue their road stretch. And they will be at Atlanta for three more games. So during this kind of big road stretch against Chicago, Philly, and Atlanta, right now they sit at 4 and 3 on this road road trip, which is pretty decent I'd say right now. If they can just get out of Atlanta with two, that'd be that'd be amazing. Um they have Shasin, Anderson and Woodruff going. Um you wish they had Gio Gonzalez going obviously. We can talk about I'll talk about that a little bit coming up here, but Atlanta's kind of scuffling a little bit. They're 23-21 and 21 right now. They're second in the East, of course. The Phillies are number one in the East. They just ended up taking three out of four at Philadelphia. So um, you hope that they can kind of take care of business in Atlanta, but again, you never know. But one thing that is trending upwards and something that was a concern with this team early on was the pitching. Pitching staff was scuffling, especially the starters. But in April, the starting, the pitching staff as a whole had an ERA of 494. They had an ERA of 494, and that was good for 14 out of 15 in the NL. So they were ranked nearly dead last, pretty much dead last. They had seven saves. Um, but in April, was kind of rough for them, for sure. And it had a lot of, I guess, tumultuous times, or so to say, where Logan Burns and Peralta were kind of off, and Woodruff had had a couple bad starts in there. So they came into May, and and they really turned it around. Their starters are, pitching-wise, they uh, now have risen up. They are fourth in the the NL now with a 2.86 ERA. Pretty solid, if you ask me. That's pretty awesome. Cubs, Dodgers, Mets, and then Brewers. And it's kind of funny because the Mets were last. In, in April so two teams have, have really surged ahead and uh, have done pretty decently Granted Brewers are nine and five in those in in May so far with the Cubs being 10 and three Cubs are in first of course but the Cubs have played I believe five less games than the Brewers and that's one thing that that the Brewers have had is a, is a schedule that's just jam-packed. Of course Shaw is now on the IR we finally see Keston Hura up he kind of struggled a little bit um today he think he went 0 for he had an 0 for today i believe but he has been uh struggling a little bit betting 167 on on his early two game career two games three game season i should say he started off with a bang with a couple hits in that first game and then now he's, i think he's at an 0 for um his last three his last two so he's 0 for nine but it's kind of exciting to see him come up, see what he can do, and uh, it'll be interesting once Shaw comes back and how they they manage that and if they bring, they put Keston back down. Zach Davies is really dominating. It's been a huge surprise for this team. So I just kind of want to touch on the pitching a little bit here. Gio Gonzalez, of course, he's come back and he's still dominating since our last time I we kind of talked about it. The Brewers, but... Gio Gonzalez, he's got a 1.69 ERA. He has really, really done very well for sure. He's only given up one home run in four starts. And another guy that's been doing pretty well, who is coming back is Chase Anderson. Looks like he's going to take Freddy Peralta's spot. And we'll see if he can kind of continue to be that three, around three ERA and keep that down low and hopefully keep those home runs low too and, uh, We'll see if he can continue to do continue that success that he's kind of had early in the season as a starter. And then lastly, Zach Davies, another solid game today. He I think he got into the sixth inning today, finished sixth innings today, which is great to see. That's considered a quality start. The Brewers haven't had many quality starts this year. They're actually ranked, I think, pretty low as in quality starts, which or as in lucky. Lucky wins for the pitchers, which I believe are five innings or less. Um, so wait, five innings are is kind of, I think, considered now a lucky win for a pitcher. So the Brewers have a lot of those, and it's just good to see Zach Davies kind of really just showing that he can maybe be the quote unquote ace until Nelson comes back with that one five ERA. He, um, has only given up four home runs on the year, but he's five and all, and he's just dealing. So we'll see if he can continue his ways. Geo can continue, and those those old guys can can keep it going. And Shasin, hopefully, he can come back, kind of kind of level off a little bit. Um, you have Brandon Woodruff, who's who's kind of come back a little bit his last couple starts, and uh, Corbin Burns in the bullpen looks like that's a solid move for for now. So we'll see how this team kind of responds and and hopefully they keep playing on the up-and-up and keep, that, keep uh, the losing streaks and valleys at a minimum. The big story for, for all of us in Wisconsin is obviously the Bucks. The Bucks have really, really dominated this playoffs, and they really went to show you in Game 1 against the Raptors that even with a terrible game, i would I think they played awful, to be totally honest. even with a game like that, they can still beat you. They shot twenty five percent. I'm sure everybody's heard the numbers. I can go on and on and and rattle off numbers as much as possible. but just shooting shooting if you would have told me they shot twenty five percent, I would say that's ninety percent not a win from three point land. They. Really, just hung around pretty much the whole game. They had a really bad first quarter. Um, they kind of got off to a quick start, not not very quick. Got up to like eight points right away, and then Raptors started to to shoot better and kind of kind of play their game. They kind of sped up the game a little bit, which was surprising. It's something that you didn't see the the Celtics do as much. Celtics are more of a set set shot team, where the Bucks kind of wanted to run on the Celtics now. The Bucks are playing a totally different kind of team where Toronto wanted to run all over them. Toronto wanted to to do to have them in transition a lot, which was surprising because you feel like the Buck that would play to the Bucks advantage, but it, it wasn't for sure. And the Raptors really got off to a big lead. They got they were winning by eleven points early in that game. I think they got it up to about thirteen ish, I wanna say. Uh, a little past yeah about a little past the end of the second quarter i think but then the bucks just kept chipping away so halftime came you have two teams that are really really good at third quarters in the playoffs and the bucks have really proved that they are they are a third quarter team in in these playoffs at least they have proven that they can come back from any lead any deficit so to say uh, and they've really shown that they can really run and pretty much gassed the other team because of their deep bench. And that's something in this series that I think is gonna make a huge difference. And it could make a huge difference in that the Bucks might only lose one of these games. I I don't think so. Um, but it just is it's gonna be very hard for the Raptors to match them in the second unit where they have their players going 40 minutes. Siakam, Leonard, Gasol, Lowry all played 40 minutes in this last game. And their bench did absolutely nothing. Their bench only scored 12 points. Rogden by himself had 15. Connaughton didn't have any. Hill didn't have any, which Hill was really off. He was 0 for 6. And, and really the whole Bucks team was off. They only shot 39%, but Raptors only shot 37% too. They got so cold in that fourth quarter. Lowry was the only one that could do anything, which is surprising because he's not a playoff-type uh, player. At least this last playoffs, he hasn't really shown up much. But he shot the ball amazing. He was 7 for 9 for 3-pointer. Every time he got the ball, you kind of were afraid. He was kind of looking like Curry out there shooting from anywhere and and shooting over anybody. He really wanted to shoot shot over Lopez, Shot could shoot it open, could shoot it you know, on the run and stuff, but yeah, seven for nine from three pointer. That's something that they're going to have to hold it down. And that's really where Bledsoe comes in. He came into that third quarter and, and started to be more like Bledsoe, the Bledsoe we know he only had nine points, didn't really distribute well, but I really think Bledsoe is, will come back and be, and be pretty decent. He was a plus one and a plus minus Bledsoe. So defensively, he really does make a difference. Um, because even with lowry and and the kind of game he had, he was still minus ten and plus minus, which is pretty shocking because when you look at it, you would think oh Lowry's out there he was he was dominating he was seven for nine 3 three ten for fifteen from from the field goal, but the bucks were ten points better when Lowry was out on the out on the court, which is uh pretty impressive compared to when Blitztz was on the court, the bucks were Actually, plus one. So, lastly, I kind of want to talk about uh, Brook Lopez. He has had such a rough playoffs, and he even started off rough in that that first quarter. But he he really dominated the paint. He Gasol really had had nowhere to go. He Gasol missed a lot of shots. He guarded him pretty decently. Gasol had a lot of wide open shots, and and they. The Raptors did miss a lot of wide open shots, but that's something that that I think that Coach Bud will will figure out for this team to to guard a little bit better on the three point line. But Lopez was just amazing, 12 for 21. He he missed a lot of threes to start, but then he started hitting them. He hit the huge three really to ice the game. He had the huge the dunk from Middleton, and then the three uh, to ice the game. I should say. And he t- with twenty one points, eleven rebounds, he was just a huge difference maker out on the court. Finally, and it's something that we kind of missed throughout the whole playoffs. But without Lopez, we probably don't win this game because really, Giannis had twenty four, but he really wasn't Giannis. He didn't. He was kind of walled off for a lot, a lot of plays, but he did a lot of the dirty work. He he really showed how complete of a player he is with his defense and distributing it when it was needed. But Lopez, again, he had he had four blocks. The, the Bucks had 11 blocks on the day. And that just shows you how how they can protect the paint. But the difference with this team is they can protect the paint and guard you outside. So the best defensive team probably in the league, I don't know. I don't know how the Raptors beat them. I, I can't think of a way if – Leonard is guarded by uh, uh Leonard is guarded by Middleton and Brogdon throughout the game. He did have 30 but in that last quarter he had nothing. So how do the Raptors beat the Bucks? I want to hear from the fans out there. How well, how do you think the Raptors can beat the Bucks? How do you, How do you think the Bucks can lose this this series and not get to the finals because I just can't see it. I the way that game looked for nearly the entire game was the Raptors were gonna win. And I kind of felt that way. And the Bucks found a way to win, playing not even close to their best basketball. A lot of players weren't even playing close to best best basketball in that game. So I just can't see how how the Raptors but I wanna know what 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 am I missing? What am I missing from this Raptors team, that uh, that really can be a huge hindrance on the Bucks? If Sakeem gets going, maybe, maybe he hits more three pointers, has more of an outside game, gets Giannis out of the paint. That could be an be an issue for the Bucks. Leonard had thirty one. He's got he got to the line. He was ten for ten from the line. It's not like Leonard did nothing. Um Lowry had a huge game. I just think it really comes down to the bench. I guess if Abaca, if Powell, Van Vliet, that's all they really have on their bench. If if the Toronto can get those guys going, maybe they beat the Bucks. But when you look at it, they're still gonna stick with Brogdon coming off the bench. Hill has had a huge playoffs. He did nothing really in game one, but I I really expect him to hit more shots. And Connington really. Didn't do much in in game one. He only played 11 minutes, but he he has shown that he can come in and just be a huge spark for this team. So I'm excited for game two, three, and four. I hope it ends there, but we will see. We will see. Uh, Pretty excited, huge game. Probably one of the most exciting games I've seen this year. Uh, I was jumping up and down in the house. My wife was even excited too. So um yeah, it's it's been a fun season and I hope it doesn't end anytime soon for sure. I hope they get to take on whomever, be it Golden State or Portland. Um I'm sure the Bucks will be ready for, for either of those teams and it'll be pretty impressive. Pretty impressive of a, a NBA finals to have if the Bucks are in it because Really, I just think they, they've been the best team all season, and it would be a shame if they didn't get there, there now based off of how far they've gone. The Bucks, from the mean streets of Milwaukee, as the TNT guys want to put it, have taken game one. Hopefully you're listening to this and they've taken game two, and we will talk about the rest of those games coming up on our next episode. you back your homes or restore your dead to life but perhaps I can give you justice in the name of our king lastly I just want to touch on Game of Thrones a little bit episode 5 happened last Sunday and I don't know I just was kind of it kind of felt like, like the, the battle against the Night King and the White Walkers, kind of felt like that episode again, where my heart was pumping and I was kind of going crazy, for most of it. It took a little while to get going. Had some build up showing Danny all sickly because she's not eating, and then the whole virus thing was very emotional for me. I felt like. He was one of, he was ending up to be one of my favorite characters, and that's something Game of Thrones has done for their entire run is build up these characters, get you invested in them, vested in them, and then just rip your heart out. And that was various to me. I I was starting to really like him. I was starting to like who he was and what he was for. And you kinda had a feeling that something bad was going to happen once, once uh, Tyrion and him had the talk in episode, I believe that was episode four. Once they had the talk, it seemed like it was inevitable that Varys was gonna was gonna be, um, as Danny said, if you ever cross me, I will burn you pretty much. So that's what she did. She ended up killing him because he betrayed her and tried to get people. To go with John and not her, and that's something that she would have never done. You see, you see her crying um, when her one of her dragons killed a uh, a child early on in the seasons. I don't know if it was like uh, probably season three. I would think that's when the dragons start coming around, but one of her dragons goes goes rogue and kills a kills a child early on, and she's very emotional and she she hates what happened and. And she ends up locking up her dragons because of all the chaos they've been, they've been causing. But now she realizes all the chaos they can cause and all the hurt and fear that they can cause and how much of a difference that makes in how people will react and and kind of gravel at her pretty much. And now she's become the Mad Queen uh, for sure because of what she did in this episode. Going back to Varys a little bit, it it was obvious that he was writing letters. How many letters did he send out? We don't know. Does he send one back out to Rinterfell right away with a we never really saw him give it to a raven, put it on a raven, so to say, and and send them out. So but there were a pile of them on his desk. He was writing that John the whole John news that he was he is the true heir to the throne. But of course that ended. He took off his rings. Knew that he was about to die. Tyrion and him had a kind of a moment. Um, but it's just it's just kind of weird that now they have Tyrion just making all these mistakes and and I don't I just don't understand why why Tyrion was so smart and now he's just really stupid and he's just kind of going with the flow. What's his ulterior motive? Is he gonna live through this through this? Series, so to say i don't i don't know he he did end up surviving the chaos that that ensued they had a great plan somehow danny with her dragon gets through the fleet of as i think they're scorpions as mike said um but she gets through that somehow coming through the sun as i did say in the last podcast i did call that gotta give myself props there but yeah, she came th- came from the sun on a surprise attack, and she just demolished everything. Demolished the fleet. Euron gets away. I could go into detail. She just creates chaos. Cligane bo- battle, uh bull happens. Um, it was pretty picturesque with the dragon in the background, and and just watching that was pre- was pretty amazing. The mountain versus the hound. Arya's character arc kind of went back to. To childlike Arya again don't know what they're doing with her she is still alive she's in the previews for the next step the final episode but just overall I felt like again this, this episode could have been more than one episode long instead of making it an hour and a half why not do a couple episodes so this whole season has kind of been like that for me that they really rushing through to to just kind of finish everything. Although Danny's character has come a long way, for sure from from innocent little girl, uh, who cares about everybody to now she just doesn't care. Like she said to John, "You want fear now, so, um, she's gonna give fear," and that's what she did. They, she heard the bells and she just went crazy, and burned everything down, burned the King's Landing to the ground pretty much. There's nothing left. We saw characters die, and uh, beloved characters die for sure. Uh, the way Jaime and Cersei came together in the same set, spot that Cersei kind of shunned him away uh, in the map room there, that was kind of kind of cool how they did that. Um, but they didn't really have like like Ferris kind of was a, like an emotional death, but their death was more. Like they were just stuck, and they had nowhere to go. Like a lot of the deaths were in this episode. Um, I didn't see Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I'll have to find that. But I think we will talk more about this for sure. Um, in the next episode when we kind of wrap up. Uh, our thoughts on the final season of Game of Thrones. But we will see. I'm I'm unsure what's gonna happen next. I. The previews kind of just show her reigning over her army. I think she might be the only one left. To be totally honest, I think it could end up be John betrays her. Arya maybe kills her. There's a lot of a lot of things that can happen, and there's a lot of things that they could have happened from now. They could do a whole new another season, but I guess we got to wrap it up. So just. Uh, show like an arrow coming at her or the door opening in the in the throne room just show the door opening as she's having having maybe a dinner with John and and Tyrion and all of a sudden everybody looks towards the door and they go to a close-up on her and a song of choice is playing maybe in the in the background and then it just fades to black. And that's it. Just end, just end it that way. Maybe that was Sopranos. I don't know. Maybe HBO should just end every show how they how they end Sopranos. Just fade the black. Let let everybody get mad and and wonder what happened. Spoiler alert. That is it for me. I uh, need to go to bed. It is getting late, so. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for going to questionablereturn.com slash giveaway for that to hopefully win that Giannis Funko pop. Vote for your Wisconsin MVP. And come back. Next episode, AMP will be back. Andy, Mike, and Pete, if you don't know. We will be back. We will review Bucks games 1, 2, and 3. Game of Thrones final deep dive probably uh, we might have to split that up in a couple episodes now well we'll talk about Game of Thrones and of course I think we might have to rank the brewer starter we got an email from someone but I think I want Mike to read that email um, I think it I think it was one of his friends so I just want to make sure he reads that email I believe it's something to do with uh, ranking the brewer starters so as of now or for the rest of the season, I'm not sure what it was, but I will check it out and make sure I'm prepared for it. And uh, hopefully the Brewers keep it going. Bucks, hopefully they win games two and three. Cheer them on. Go Bucks, go! Fear the deer. And we will see you at another time. Goodbye. Sayonara. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the questionable to return sports podcast. Send us your questions, read more about us and more on our website, questionable to return.com. Follow us on Twitter at Q to return and Instagram at questionable to return. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash questionable to return. Follow each of the guys on Twitter for Andy at Andy, the number nine M a N Mike, at Mike R. Daily and Pete at P Cozy with a K Jr. JR. Please consider leaving us a five-star review as well as sharing us with someone you know.